0: show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. They're behind the glass, a real blade of glass. Be as you pass. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Been uh, busy a busy couple weeks around here. As many of you know, we had the USPSA National Championship, uh, open and limited division, uh, here just a couple of weeks ago, we had the cast uh, before that talking about the setup and the prep work, what it takes to put on a national championship. So today we're going to talk about uh, the actual production of it, how the match went, <clears throat> uh, my performance, which was nothing to write home about, and then some of that'll, some interesting things that I found about the match this year, um, the match itself, and then the way my performance tied into the match, I think will kind of tie into our, our question for this podcast. I appreciate you guys joining me as always. I had a couple of comments on some volume levels, some technology stuff. If anybody's got any issues, thoughts, uh, problems, concerns, let me know on uh, Facebook or any of uh, the outlets to contact me if this is not coming through well. Um, I think it had to do with the uh, iTunes download, but uh, not not 100% sure. Let me know if there's any problems. We've made some adjustments to try to get the, the volume up a little bit. And I hope it's coming through pretty clear for you. We had the USPSA National Handgun Championship at our range here at Universal Shooting Academy a week after or week before last. And it was two separate matches, two separate national championships. Limited was a standalone match, and then the Open and Limited Ten Division was a standalone match. The uh, limited match was super, super deep in competition. Uh, top 16 overall, there was one master in there, and that guy was a AMU guy out of the U.S. Army. Probably should be a probably should be a GM. He's a hell of a good shooter. Uh, top top 32 was master or grandmaster. Top 60 had five A's. The rest were master or grandmaster. So think about that if you're a local level shooter. You know, think about the the best shooter at your at your local club, your local hangout. And there was 60 of them at the national championship, you know. Not to mention the super solid uh, rest of the class B, C, D, you know, all all the top contenders in their class were there. But that's a, that's a super deep field, and and you see that when they have the standalone match, and by standalone I mean just one division versus the run what you gun style nationals, where it's one match with a lot of divisions. Uh, obviously, that dilutes the competition a little bit. Uh, but with the limited only and limiteds, uh, you know, one of the more popular divisions, uh, you get a crazy deep field. So that was uh, that, that was pretty cool. The, the match was very difficult. Um, and being that I was one of the ones that participated in setting it up, that was by design, although it probably ended up being a, a touch more difficult than, than we intended. But that's the way it worked out. And as I told a lot of the guys, this is Universal Shooting Academy. If you don't want to come here and shoot or if you can't shoot, then this probably ain't the place for you. And on top of that, a national championship, I think you should be tested. Uh, I was talking to Rob uh, Rob Latham. I was, on, I was on the squad with those guys. And it, it's kind of come to, uh, you know, swung swung in a certain direction where folks think that a, a good stage is a 9, 10, 11, 13 hit factor. And you know, I don't think that's the case. I think you should have one or two of those, but the the bulk of the match, I think, should be the five to six to seven hit factor range for the pros, which that's going to drop that down, obviously, for um, for your lo- for your lower level shooters. But um, that that more it's a more balanced accuracy and speed uh, aspect of the match, in my opinion, and on top of that the uh, mentality that a professional shooter should should be able to get through through the match with no penalties you know, I'm not so sure I agree with that either I'm not saying you want something so hard that nobody can make the shot but the the match and the shots should be difficult enough that if you're running them at a speed required to win you're probably going to have you're probably going to accrue some penalties along the way and that was certainly the case with this match we saw uh, especially in limited a lot of the top guys having a lot, having a, a fair amount of penalties, more so than than would probably be considered the norm. But, again, it was a tough match. Uh, my performance-wise, uh, not not stellar. You know, limited has not been my focus the last couple of years. I've been working on open division, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, I shoot plenty of iron sights with running glocks for, for my tactical classes, and uh, obviously I shoot – uh, single stack nationals, production nationals, you know, so I shoot every every nationals that I can. So I run plenty of iron sights, so that's not an excuse, but I just haven't been focusing on limited. And, you know, the speed, I expected the speed to be off a little bit, and it certainly was. Um, the speed at which you can see the sights return to target, give the second shot off, get your transitions down, just not seeing fast enough uh, to compete with the best in the world. And, you know, that's kind of how. Kind of how it shook out, and, and honestly, kind of how I expected it was going to shake out. I didn't put a lot of practice in for limited this year. I was putting, you know, whatever time I had, putting in open division, and shot limited just enough to make sure everything's working, gun zeroed, ammo's good, etc. So I finished 11th, which is you know, not embarrassing, but not uh, not as good as I would liked. But you you know you get what you reap. So I didn't I didn't put enough time in working on it. And, uh, again, it showed. But congrats to the winners. Uh, limited match was super stacked. Um, great match. E- everything went from an administrative standpoint, from the back-end standpoint, from, from you know the way I run things. and um, I didn't have any issues, no complaints, no problems. Everything ran great. Open Nationals, different story. We had uh, Hurricane Matthew coming in on top of us. Which if you're following along at home, you may have noticed... And it was an interesting match. We've had uh, I've set up a match in a Hurricane before. I've never run a match in a Hurricane, so it was uh, a difficult decision. And I was in the, I was you know my position in the uh, the rank of of uh, responsibility was was nothing. I was a general do bitch on the range and a competitor at the match. Dave Jenkins was the was the technically the assistant match director. Mike Foley, uh, president of USPSA, was technically the match director, although Dave Jenkins ran the match soup to nuts, so he was, for all intents and purposes, the match director. But it was still Mike's call if they were going to do something about the match. And by do something, I mean cancel, uh, postpone, reschedule, carry on, whatever. And they, they came to me on... The last day of the limited uh, nationals, which would have been uh, Tuesday. Right? yeah, Tuesday. Because if if you're going to make that call, if you're gonna, if you're going to postpone or cancel or reschedule, you know, for another date. Although many folks that were at the match for the limited match were going to stay over for the L10 and open match, there were all, there were many many folks coming in. Traveling, flying in, driving in, whatever. And if you were going to make that call to, to postpone or cancel or reschedule, you know that call had to be made sooner rather than later. You know, out of respect for people's travel plans, and it was still going to be a fiasco. It was still going to be a horrible situation, inconvenient for everybody. But uh, you know, if that call is to be made, it needed it needed to be made as soon as possible. Uh, again, I had no no official presence in the match in terms of. Of uh, rank or organization, but they brought it up to me just for my experience at the range and experience in the, in, in the state of Florida, etc. And you know, Mike was I'm not putting words in his mouth, but he was, he was pretty set on on canceling the match and or or postponing again or rescheduling. We had like a hundred contingencies going on. There was a you know, the super fluid situation to to throw some cool words out there. And you know, I said, "Look, man, it ain't my call." I'm glad it ain't my call because it's a sucky situation to be in. But if it were my call, I would not cancel. I would carry on with the match as scheduled. And, again, that's not an easy call to make. There's a, there's a lot of things riding on it, you know, safety, people's travel situations, et cetera. But a big part of it is, you know, if you're from the state of Florida, the not that we can read the weather better than the next guy, but, you know, based on the hurricane tracks that we were watching, there wasn't a single... A single forecast that had it really threatening the range area. Um, the the main forecast problems were for the East Coast, and that's not even the the airport areas. I mean, Orlando is going to get a little bit, Miami is going to get some, Tampa is going to be clear, and uh, you know if you're if you're not from Florida and you're watching the media, you're watching the Weather Channel or you're watching the national news, yeah, I mean they're they're chicken little guys. They they make their money off of advertising, and if the more uh, scare tactics and, and horror they can trump up, the more people are watching continually, the more they can sell their ad for, and that's just that's just the flat out truth. Um, I posted something on my Facebook. There was a couple of uh, news. I think one of them was Shepard Smith on Fox. I mean, he literally said, "If if you're in this area, you're going to die, and your kids are going to die too." And it was just it's just ridiculous, and it's embarrassing. Not that. Uh, not that journalists are journalists anymore. We certainly know that's not the case. But, um, you know, just trumping it up that hard to, to, to throw scare attacks at people for the sole, the sole 100% purpose of gaining viewership and selling ads. You know, that's the only reason they're doing it. Sorry, got on a rant there. But but if you were from out of town, you're not from Florida, and you're seeing that, I certainly understand. You're nervous about coming to Florida. I, I've, I've never lived in California. Earthquakes are a pretty scary situation. Obviously, they can't be forecasted, but if somebody said, "Hey, there's a pretty good chance there's going to be a eight Richter scale earthquake in in L.A. during the Steel Challenge," then I would be a little bit nervous about about traveling there. Uh, same thing with Hurricane Alley. I mean, if you're there's a lot of matches in that in that realm, and again, can't be forecasted, but uh, you know, if if that were the case, tornadoes sound pretty scary to me, so I probably would avoid the area. You know, being here in Florida, hurricanes aren't that scary because we've seen them come and go, and you can kind of get the feel for, hey, all right, this one's this one's no shit, legit. This one's no problem, and again, it's just not that big of a deal. It's it's been ten year over ten years since there's been a uh, serious hurricane hit the area. But so it was it was a point is it was a tough call for those guys. Uh, Dave and Mike decided to run the course, stay with the match as scheduled. There was no real convenient time to reschedule, so it kind of came down to cancel altogether or carry on, and they chose carry on, which I applaud their efforts. It was a it was a, it was a tough call to make, and in my opinion, they made the right call. Uh, that resulted in a, a ton of work. The you know the forecast that we did see looked like Friday was going to be a pretty shitty day at the range, and. So they revamped, this, revamped the schedule, re-squatted, you know, adjusted all the squads and, and dumped, dumped two stages, actually, to be able to shoot the match in two days. So show up on Thursday. The match was supposed to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So show up Thursday, shoot all day as long as you can, and then take Friday off, come back Saturday, and finish the match as long as it takes. You know, if we had to go into Sunday, we could go into Sunday, there was again a hundred different contingencies that we were working, and and all those required different scheduling, different squatting, you know, different time setups and communication to the competitors uh, as to what was going on. So the the, the match administration, uh, the, uh like the like the ducks swimming, you know, they looked calm and cool on the surface probably, but they were paddling like hell underneath to make things work. And you know, Dave was up until uh, the wee hours in the morning every night. You know, reworking the the squatting scheduling, getting the tablets squared away so they were ready to go in the morning. Uh, they, they, you know, everyone involved just did a fantastic job. So the match started off on Thursday uh, as planned, and we shot, you know, as long as we could. We were watching the the forecast. You know, what we did not want was to to shoot until the weather was on top of us. the The storm was basically forecast to come in late Thursday. Through through the night and then be out of there by you know mid morning Friday, which is pretty much the way it rolled. And but we didn't want we didn't want you know, two hundred people stuck at the range on Thursday afternoon, and now the hurricane's hit and they got to get home to the hotel. Which best case scenario was thirty minutes away. So again, the administration did a fantastic job. Great call. We stopped shooting at I think three o'clock or something. Everybody was off the range by three forty-five four and you know stuff didn't come in until probably seven so the timing worked out great uh i gave the officials and uh those of us working on the range time to break everything down as best we could range masters put a great plan together on numbering the targets taking the targets down uh taking you know the targets on the sticks taking them out of the stands hiding them as best we could tying them down uh they were numbered so we knew where they went back uh on the on the stages tables down chairs down anything we could take down we took down took the sponsor banners down which apologies to the sponsors but you know it's something we had to do those would be like big sails on the walls ripping the walls down and really everything just went went perfectly got all that taken care of everybody was off the range came home got to sleep in on friday hadn't done that in 12 or 15 days let the storm roll through until Uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock probably or something, and, uh, Dave and I headed down to the range. After that, met the, met the RM down there and and a couple ROs, surveyed the non-existent damage, and everything was good to go. I mean, it didn't, literally didn't even blow over a barrel. Blew some trash around the range, blew some targets around that were in the trash barrels and some things like that, but, you know, no, literally zero structural damage, so there was no impact, um. And I'm glad, I'm glad we made the call that we made, but hell, we could have shot in it. There would have been some rain in the morning, but there's nothing you couldn't have shot through. But, again, everything schedule-wise and the decisions worked out perfectly. So we reset the range, come back Saturday morning. Uh, all the competitors back, had a nice day off, chilling in the hotel, and got jiggy Saturday morning. And uh, knocked out the match, even even finished early. So that all went perfect. So, so you know, big kudos to the guys, the administration guys, Foley and uh, Jenkins for for getting the thing going, making the right calls, the tough calls, but the right calls, and putting on a national championship. We never cancel matches at USA. And now to my performance. I wish we would have canceled the match at USA. <laughs> Uh, Very, very disappointing performance in the Open Nationals. Uh, I put in the time. I put in the work. I prepped. This was the final qualifier for the World Shoot team. Uh, So very, very important to me. And uh, on a personal note, once we we had heard through the grapevine that once the storm was coming in, that uh, Max, Michelle, and Casey, Eusebio were not going to come. So, frankly, I'm thinking, holy shit, this is probably my best opportunity ever. To win an open nationals, uh, I switched over to open uh, after uh, the world after the world shoot before last. I was on the standard team, limited team for the world shoot. There performed well, was happy with my performance, and decided, hey, let's see if I can make it in, in the open team. So it's been a, a, a three-year, three and a half-year goal of mine to make the open uh, national team for the world shoot. And you know these guys are not half my age but they're a third of my age and you know running with them at the the fastest uh, division of the sport and you know I compare a lot of a lot of this to racing in my classes and you know that although I probably honestly like limited better just because it's iron sights and it's a quote unquote real gun etc but if you if you're coming to a race if you're coming to see you can get around the track the fastest you know, the top field dragsters are where it's at. Open, open division is where it's at. And you're running with the fastest in the world. And so be able to, 43 to, to run with these guys and, you know, qualify one of the top two, three, four in the world or in the country to, to compete at the world level uh, was something that was important for me. And I've, I've worked as hard as possible at making it happen. Um, and watching the numbers, I was sitting in the third, third position anyway of a four-man team. so one And Casey's the only one that could catch me. So once I heard Casey wasn't coming, uh, my, I knew my spot on the team was solidified, so that was cool. But now I'm thinking, all right, fucker, let's go for the win and uh, let's win an Open National Championship. That was not going to be an easy task. There was plenty of heat there. Chris Tilley was there. Um, he won last year. Lesgar Murdoch and and um, Bill Drummond. and I mean, there's plenty of competition, so... It, no, never for a second I think I was gonna be walking in the park, but with two of the top guys there, or not there. I figured that was a, about the best chance I was gonna get at it. Uh, so I was looking forward to the competition and man, I, I came out of the gates and did not perform well. I'd you know a few decent stages on the first day, and uh, one of the last or you know, two-thirds towards the end of the day on the first day. There was a uh, strong hand stage, uh, freestyle strong hand, and I just sucked it up. I shot the freestyle great. There was a Mantor reload strong hand on a partial target, smoked it. Transitioned. It was three shots per target. Transitioned the other partial, and the first one went so well. I remember thinking as I was transitioning, I was like, "All right, man, that went pretty good. Let's go for the A's and let's get three A's out of this." <laughs> and that was just a dumb decision. I first two shots were good. Last one, I jerked the trigger a little bit whacked right in the no shoot and instantly at the time i thought it's probably good enough i probably cut the line and as i dropped the gun down i looked visually up at the target and i could tell that i did not cut the line so it was going to be a mic no shoot and by the time that i processed all that information you know it was too late to go to to go pick up the shot probably and uh, i didn't so in, in you know in the towards the end of the day with a mic no shoot i uh, really sucked Standby for cigar relighting operations. But not the end of the world. I mean, I shot, I shot pretty decent throughout the day, so it is what it is. Well, doing the woulda, coulda, shouldas that night, as I don't recommend but always do, I saw that had that, you know, had I not had that one shot, one bad shot, I probably would have been leading or at least a close second. And as it stood, I was third or fourth, I think, and 20, 30 points back from from two or three guys. Friday was off, so we're out there. I was at work on the range. There was a little bit of flooding, so we were trying to do some drainage work and digging some ditches and shit. And then uh, Saturday we go back to finish up the match. So I'm thinking, all right, I, I don't, I'm, I'm good on the world shoot team so I don't care about that I've been top 3, 4, 5 at the Open Nationals for 3 or 4 years now so I don't care about that so let's go win this motherfucker so I came out of the gate pretty hard, we, we started off in the meat of the stages so we had a we had 3 or 4 stages there with were big stages big points um, big hit factors so I came out attacking, shot pretty good on the first stage and then you know the 2 or 3 guys I was concerned with just flat out beat me on the stage. I shot pretty good. They just shot better. You know, didn't beat me by a lot, but I didn't gain any ground. Second stage, same thing. Came out aggressive, shot pretty well. Bam, bam, bam. Three guys beat me. Third stage, same thing. I came out, shot pretty good. Bam, bam, bam. Three guys beat me. So it was a a little demoralizing, but now, on the one hand, I didn't feel like I was shooting bad. I just felt like they were shooting better. They were just putting up some good runs. But on the other hand, I was like, God damn it, man, what the hell do I got to do to win this thing? Uh, they had a standard stage that was a very difficult standards. It was um, 25 yards strong hand and 15 yards weak hand, including some partial targets. So 12 rounds. And there was some freestyle shit in there too. So it was a it was a pretty big point stage. But the weekend strong end aspect and the partial target aspect, it was Virginia counts and no extra shots. So I thought, well, this is it, man. If I'm going to make a play, this is where I'm going to make it up. If I put up a good score here, I'm going to need a little help from those guys. Maybe they have a miss or two, fall down a little bit. And then I'm right back in it. Excuse me, right back in it with three stages to go. And I got up there, had two misses, and my three top competitors shot it clean. Damn it man. But it is what it is. So at that point, I actually we broke for lunch after that. And so just mentally now from a competitor standpoint, you know, at that point I know I'm out I'm out for the win. There's no way I'm gonna catch up for the win. We had three stages left, they were all medium stages and just gonna kinda you know, mentally try to stay in the fight, use that training value as being more or less demoralized, but still having to compete. So how do you come back, uh, hang in there, you know, throw the hammer down and, and get what you can get? I was actually first up after lunch, uh, first on the first on the first stage after lunch. <laughs> was not feeling great about myself, but said, "All right, man, let's let's throw the hammer down and, and bring the heat and see what happens." And it was just a catastrophe run. Plugged the no shoot, had two or three extras on a on a activator steel. You know, went about as bad as it could go. Finished other stage. Uh, that did not help the mental game. But again, two stages left. Uh, the next last stage I shot pretty good and the last stage I shot really well. So you know, a good ending I guess, but you know, nothing went the way I wanted to go in it and it's easy to to throw the uh, throw the card there of you know we're working the match and building the match and working 12 hour days for 15 days straight leading up to it and but that's how I roll you know that's what I do for a living and that's my job and that's how I shoot so I, I've performed under those conditions before so that's not a uh, not a valid excuse just didn't perform under them this time which is unfortunate but main goal you know again three-year goal is to make the world shoot team in open division, which I succeeded in, and uh, I'm super proud of that. You know, as anybody that knows me knows I'm a big patriot, and I love uh, love the U.S. and love representing the country, and I represented the U.S. the standard team in the 08 World Shoot, and it was just an awesome experience all around, awesome feeling. Uh, stand up on the podium representing the U.S. in an in international competition is, is pretty goddamn cool, and hopefully I'll have the opportunity to do it, do it in the open division again. There's some political turmoil bullshit going on um, that I'll, I'll get into on a later podcast. It's not the time right now uh, to see if we're going to the World Shoot or not. But hopefully we are. But regardless, you know that all that stuff is out of my control. What was in my control was performed well enough to make the World Shoot team, and and that was a goal that I succeeded on over the last three years, and I'm I'm super stoked about that. So. Mission accomplished, although I didn't shoot as well the Nashville as I wanted, but I made the goal that I wanted. So that brings us to our, our question for this co- podcast. And this came from a guy on Facebook. He asked, What is match speed and how do you get it? And it's an interesting question. I, I don't know a thousand percent his mindset on where, because that's all the question was. So I don't know a thousand percent his mindset on where he was coming from. But, you know, what I consider match speed And you would probably agree if you're a competitor that if you, you probably don't shoot the same pace in a match as you do in practice. And that's match speed. You know, how do you develop the appropriate speed to shoot in a match? If you look at our classification system, which has been talked about ad nauseum, and I don't have a better, I don't have an answer for it. I don't think it's broken. It's just the way it is. But the classification system, for all intents and purposes, is. Your best one of ten runs, I mean, you can screw up nine runs in a row and they don't count. You get good, you get one good one and it does count. A match is exactly the opposite. If you look at the these last two nationals, for example, the limited match was twenty-two stages over three days. The open match was I think twenty stages uh, over two days, and that's consistency. I mean, you have to be able to perform. There's no throwouts. You don't get any. You don't get any. Uh, bogies. Bogey, that's not right. Mulligans, sorry. <laughs> get my golf terms mixed up. You don't get any mulligans on it. Um it measures your basically your average performance over the course of multiple days and multiple stages. And that's the difference. That's what you got to learn how, you know, what is your performance level on average, not your performance level on, you know, the best of 10, your your best YouTube run for the day. That's not your standard, and how do you develop that, or how do you get it? As he asked, oh, the, the the easy cop out answer is experience. You know, it takes time performing under that match pressure, performing under match conditions, and for me, you know, the the uh, local club match on a Sunday is different than. The state championship is different than the area championship is different than the national championship is different than the world shoot. I mean, you're, all pressure is self-induced, but you're going to influence or, or uh, impact yourself with different levels of pressure based on different level of match and how you expect yourself to perform. At least, at least that's the way it is with me. So one thing you can work on in that is when you set up a drill in training, I think we need more cigar litation operations. When you set up a drill in training, and I, I'll shoot a drill multiple times. I know there's some guys out there that say, you know, shoot it once and go, but I don't. I'll, I'll shoot a drill many times in a row. But I'll consider or record the first run as the standard the standard is not the 10th time in a row that you've run that drill. Uh, The standard for me is the first time I run that particular drill. And it could be, you know, if you train with me, it could be a changing gears drill. It could be a Bianchi drill. Uh, It could be a six and six drill. So whatever it is, and you know, obviously I run these drills a lot, but when I come out and set it up, it's the first one that I pay attention to. And frankly, I used to record everything. I had a mile-long notebook of all my drills and times and etc and I just found myself never referring to them I I never really referred back and compared and and I'm not saying right or wrong just for me it was not the way to train and it didn't work so I, I quit taking notes per se but I do have a handle on you know my time for this particular drill my time for that particular drill on average And then even if you're doing stage work, which I do occasionally—not a lot, but I do occasionally—where I'll set up a mini stage, or you know, after a local match or something, I'll go out and run some of the stages that we had set up. Uh, Again, it's the first run that counts, so I'll I'll set it up, run it, look at that first one, and that's that's your standard. How were your penalties? How were your hits? How was your time? You know, that's what that's what we're looking at. So on that note. We had some interesting stages here at the Nationals. Stage 6, 7, and 8, uh, and you can look these up on, on USPSA.org for the, for the limited uh, and or the open Nationals. Stage 6 was a one-shot draw. Uh, pop, one popper, 10 yards, draw and shoot. Five-point stage, one round. Uh, stage 7 was a build drill, 7-yard target. Six rounds from surrender. Stage eight was an El Prez. Uh two, two two reload two two two. Uh, only caveat on thing is the El Prez was actually like twelve yards, not ten, because of the way the steel laid out and etc. Because they were all in the same bay, uh, we said we had to push the targets a little bit. But again, for all intents and purposes, it was it was pretty exact. So I thought that was pretty cool on on a whole lot of levels. Um. The reason we did the stages like that is that, that's, in my opinion, your quintessential practical shooting hallmark standards. Uh, For those of you that are new to the sport, you can look up the old leather slap competitions. You know, practical shooting really started from who was the baddest boy on the block who could draw and shoot the fastest. And, you know, they called it leather slap because they were slapping the hell out of the leather holsters as they were drawn from surrender and to hit that one shot kill. The bill drill is our, our classic defensive posture. Uh, it is practical shooting. We, we come from a martial roots. You're one assailant at, at seven yards. Your hands up in a, in a in defensive posture. Go to guns, six rounds, one target, drilling out of the ground. And then the El Perez, you probably know the story on that. If not, you can Google it. But two rounds each reload two rounds each with the turning draws i mean that was that's all the standards if you if you shoot practical shooting if you shoot IPSC USPSA IDPA you've run these drills on your own i mean you've, you've done it in your backyard or you've done it on your range or wherever you can wherever you can do it you've done it you can watch youtube videos and and facebook pages and and all the guys in the world with oh watch my point six draw watch my 1.2 bill watch my Three-second El Prez, and uh, so that, and I'm not saying those aren't are, weren't done. I'm just saying it's one thing to do it in your backyard on YouTube. It's another thing to do it in a national championship, you know, when points are on the line. So that was pretty interesting, I thought. Uh, just to run some some quick numbers at you on the the one-shot draw. So if you'd asked, if you'd have done a poll at this match on. Before the match was shot, and who could draw in under a second and hit a target. I would be willing to bet that seventy plus percent of the people would say they could do it, maybe fifty, but more than actually did it. So on the limited, the uh, limited match, it was thirty, which or thirty-three, which is actually a pretty good number. Uh, open, if my notes are right, open was fourteen, which is. Not know as many, but remember the open match, we lost a lot of competitors from the weather. So the representative-wise, is, is not, it's not on average. The build drill, my standard for the build drill is all A's in under two seconds, regardless of the gun. And that's what I call my master class standard. You, know, you should be able to shoot all A's under two seconds on a build drill. Uh, the limited nationals, there were five people that did that. Open nationals, also five people that did that. And then the El Perez. On the on the El Prez, my standard for that I say a master class shooter ought to be able to shoot a ten a ten hit factor. So that if you look at a ten hit factor, that's all A's in six seconds or less. Or some combination thereof. If you're gonna drop some points, you gotta be faster. Again, limited match, there was eleven. Open match, there was thirteen people that did it. And in the open match, what I found interesting was nobody shot it clean nobody shot all a's in the open match um and i'm not saying that's the way to win because speed's more important so peripheral peripheral hits are okay i just thought it was interesting that out of whatever it was a couple hundred shooters not a single person shot shot all a's but but there you go i mean you you can look at those results and see that's the that's the best in the world and not that many people are drawing as fast as you would think is appropriate they're not shooting build drills as fast or accurate as you think you can probably do or probably should do. And they're not running El Prez's as, as consistently as uh, probably should be done. So that's a good example, I think, of match speed in terms of, you know, your expectations may be higher than what is reality. And you got to understand reality. The only, uh, only way to understand that mm-hmm. is you get out there and do it. you got to get out there and shoot and, and you know, hit competitions and, and learn what it what you how you perform in a match versus how you perform in a uh, in your practice session. Uh, coming out of the gate in a match, you've got to be aggressive, but you got to be controlled. I mean, you, you can't shoot like a wild man, but you can't go the other way either. You can't be so conservative because you want to be so solid in that first stage, or you don't have a miss in the first stage, or whatever. You've got to come out at a pace that's needed to win. For you, so that could be winning D class, it could be winning A class, it could be winning the match. But you got to understand what that pace is. You got to come out of that pace um, and and be aggressive, but you know not so much that you're missing the berm. And and again, I think just experience is the biggest thing. But the other thing that will help will be paying paying attention to your first run at your drills and practice. Pay attention to your first runs and see how that goes. So that's going to wrap it up for this, uh, for this podcast. Hopefully it was informative and helpful. I'd like to throw a plug out for Black Scorpion Gear. If you guys haven't uh, tried them out yet, they're a sponsor of mine. It's been uh, about a year now, I guess, and uh, maybe a little over a year. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't pick up a product because they give me a, a, f- a free 1.5-ounce bottle of oil and, and throw their logo on my shirt. I'm not a big sponsor guy. Uh, probably because I'm a dick, and I, and I don't, I'm I'm not going to go out there and promote something that's not cool, that I don't use, that's not good. And Black Scorpion approached me, asked me to take a look at their gear, if I was interested in working with them, and everything worked out. The guys are great. The they're very responsive to us, the shooters, and making changes and and improving the product. And their stuff's pretty good. Uh, I, I'm now that I've got. Enough time on it to give an honest, you know, evaluation. That the mag pouches are super fast. Uh, they're super slick, and they they hold position. They don't fall apart. It's just I, I you know, I've got nothing bad to say about them. If, if except if if their stuff didn't work, I wouldn't use it. And that's the bottom line. I'm not going to jeopardize my performance to to promote a product or to get free gear or whatever the incentives may be. Now, I'm not gonna jeopardize performance for that, and I'm very happy with with the Black Scorpion gear stuff. Their, their belts are fantastic. They just came out with a new holster, and i they I just got it, so I haven't tried the holster yet. I will uh, I'll report back on that when I get that set up. But uh, the race holster, I should say. But I'm running the I'm running the belt, running the mag pouches. They're awesome. I'm running their their um, uh, production holster, single stack holster. Those are all awesome. They just came out with a new hanger system uh, for the drop and offset, if allowed, and the and the offset, if not. Uh, that's looking awesome. I, I haven't set that up yet either, but um, super happy with the, with the product and looking forward to trying out their trying out their race holster here soon. Uh, other items to plug: We got the Monster Match coming up in a week and a half. If you're not signed up for the Monster Match and you live in Florida. Uh, you don't like to shoot this match is freaking awesome we have super it's a super fun match yeah it's still a competition but my my main goal in this match is to have a good time we got some awesome stages set up 50 rounds per stage Um, you'll be melting your barrels but the stages are well thought out well laid out uh, good balance between accuracy and speed just a heck ton of shooting so it's uh, it's a lot of fun we have the Florida State, Florida Open. Hard to believe, but they're right around the corner. You can get signed up for those as well. And if you've got questions for me, I'll hit them up on the, on the next podcast. Be sure and check me out on Facebook, Shannon Smith Shooting. You have my website, shannonsmithshooting.com, and uh, catch me on the range. I appreciate you guys listening. Have a good weekend.